0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, Ryan Saunders yelled at Andrew Wiggins once so hard he pulled a muscle in his chest. That's part of Zach Lowe's new reporting at ESPN about how the Wiggins-D'Angelo Russell trade almost didn't happen. I also want to talk about a couple more draft prospects the Wolves have reportedly worked out and will consider drafting at number 19 in this year's draft. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. Thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere that includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms from Apple to Google, Spotify to Odyssey. You can find this show. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, plenty to talk about today. I want to get into some draft stuff. The Wolves have worked out a bunch of guys, and more recently have started to work out some Potential draft prospects, or I guess they are draft prospects, potential picks, uh, who would be options at number 19 for Minnesota, or potentially, uh, you know, thereabouts, right? If they if they package picks and move up or move back or whatever that might be. So I want to talk about some of those guys that I haven't before talked about on the show, Um, and of course I'm going to start doing my big board here soon, and we'll talk more about that later. But first, I want to start with some new reporting by Zach Lowe of ESPN. He wrote an entire article about the Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell trade, and there's some fascinating tidbits in there that I don't think have been previously reported, at least. I have not seen them anywhere. So I want to kind of hit a couple of really interesting things there. So this is an ESPN article. It's an ESPN Insider article, so you do need a subscription to read it. I'm just going to read a couple of experts, though, verbatim, because I have to. They're, They're too good. The name of the article is Inside the Trade That Brought Andrew Wiggins to Golden State and the Shocking Decisions It Could Force on the Warriors. Um, so the greater articles, it's all about you know, the Andrew, uh, excuse me, Andre Iguodala trade. Prior to that, uh, the sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell, the question of, do we sign D'Lo? You know, what are we going to flip him later? We know the Wolves are still interested, etc. So there is a little bit in there about the the infamous helicopter ride that D'Angelo Russell went on with Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders and the Wolves, other members of Wolves Brass. Uh, despite the fact D'Lo's agent was already in the process of agreeing on this max deal and that sign and trade from Brooklyn to Golden State. So that there's there's some in the article about that uh, and some of the worries concern about can we play defense with D'Lo, with Steph, with Klay Thompson Um, will he be able to really function defensively, et cetera? Would Steve Kurt, how interested was Steve Kurt even doing this? Or was it more just a play for later? Um, and so then the second kind of like segment of this article is fascinating. So Wiggins talks about the rumors that he was prepared for anything. Um, of course, Steph Curry had gotten hurt. The Warriors were not having a good season and then, and then, okay, I'm just going to read this part word for word. It's, it's phenomenal. Uh, it talks about how Wiggins basically, um, I mean, he was Wiggins, right? In Minnesota, he he did not play with passion frequently, et cetera. Uh, and so we'll pick up the article here. It says, The Wolves had tried everything to reach Wiggins to tap into the intensity that only seemed to run hot when Wiggins faced a team that had traded him. Tensions burst and January 22nd at the Chicago Bulls. The Wolves had allowed players to bring spouses and girlfriends on the road trip, an unusual concession for which Wiggins, among others, had pushed, sources say. Maybe, the Wolves hoped, family would inspire him. At halftime, Wiggins was one of four with four turnovers. Ryan Saunders, then the Wolves coach and a fervent backer of Wiggins, screamed at Wiggins in the locker room. Wiggins recalls now, I don't even remember what he said, but he's still my guy. Saunders, this is the crazy part. Check this out. Saunders was so intense, he began feeling chest pains, sources say. Team doctors examined him for potential cardiac issues. They concluded Saunders had pulled a muscle in his chest, yelling at Wiggins, sources say. Team officials like to say Saunders loves Wiggins so much, berating him almost broke his heart. Wiggins then had 22 points in the second half. He and Saunders remain close, is what this says. Let's stop there. That's insane. I mean, if you watch Ryan Saunders for his year-plus coaching the Timberwolves, um, or I guess, well, COVID year in there, so really two-plus seasons coaching the Wolves, um, Saunders didn't really berate anybody very often. Um, That wasn't his personality, and everybody knows that he and Wiggins – got along extremely well. And the fact that Wiggins had brought somebody like Ryan Saunders to the brink like that over the the course of his years in Minnesota is insane. Um, Like it, I don't know. I don't really don't know what to feel about it other than maybe more disappointed Wiggins and, and and, uh, proud isn't the right word, but good for Ryan Saunders, I guess. I don't know. It's just the craziest thing. What, what an insane story. Um, and so the article goes on to say the Wolves and Warriors were in on again, off again negotiations. And and really this is the headline of the deal, is 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 that it almost didn't happen. Um because the Warriors, I'm just gonna summarize here, the Warriors asked for four picks in addition to Andrew Wiggins in exchange for D'Angelo Russell. Uh they asked for uh two first rounders and two second rounders. And Rosas eventually, Gerson Rosas eventually cut off talks because of of what a crazy ask that was. Um, it says here, this isn't surprising. Some within Golden State's brain trust wanted to do the deal straight up. Some wanted picks. Some were worried about Wiggins' contract. All the, all the reasons why this trade made sense for Minnesota, right? From my perspective on this podcast two years ago, or however long ago, I guess a little over two years ago, I mean, I said like, hey, this makes sense for Minnesota because- Wiggins contract. Are you really going to move Wiggins anywhere else? I understand why the Warriors wanted picks to take on Wiggins contract. Um, Interesting to me that there were people with Golden State that would have done this straight up. Bob Myers, the Warriors front office uh, leader said there were months of conversations probably as much as any trade I've ever done is what he said. Uh, There were also concerns from Wiggins agents that he was going to be salary fodder and flipped later. Um, And then ultimately they went back and forth. Uh, Rosas cut off talks by the ask for two firsts to two seconds. Um, And then Myers called back and said, we need an unprotected pick. And then he said, nothing happened. A couple days passed. And then a couple days before the deadline, the the Warriors said, fine, we can do a top one protection on the pick. So if the pick's anything but number one, we get it, but we'll protect it with pick one. Rosas called back and said, let's protect it seven, eight or nine, which interestingly enough, Jonathan Kaminga ended up getting picked in that range with the pick. That ended up going to the Warriors because ultimately they landed on a top three protected pick plus Minnesota sent the number 36 picks. They sent a first and a second with the lottery protection only being through the top six. Um, and so if Rosas had gotten what he then countered with the seven, eight or nine protection, then um, they would have gotten to keep the selection, um, which is interesting. And the Warriors got what they wanted. But the fact that Golden State asked for four picks to start with and then the compromise was still somewhere in the Warriors favor is fascinating. Um, and, and also, I think, sheds more of a positive light on the negotiations from the Rosas' side that he didn't just do it to do it because he wanted D'Angelo Russell and Wiggins wasn't a fit. He held out, and, and instead of giving up an insane four picks, which, can you believe how he would have been killed for that trade, especially now? The Wolves, or can you imagine if the Wolves had given up two second-rounders and two first-rounders in this swap, when, obviously, in a vacuum right now, um, Wiggins is having a more successful season. There's no question, arguably a better season all the way around. I know he was an all-star starter, the whole thing. Um, I think there's still an argument to be made in a vacuum who the better player is, but the situation in Golden State is far better and Wiggins fits that roster perfectly. And can you imagine the Wolves had given up four picks or even two picks, uh, or I should say two first rounders or, or a top one protection, which ultimately went to battered because of where the pick landed anyway. But, um, it's just fascinating to learn all this now a couple of years later from Zach Lowe's reporting to ESPN. So if you have an ESPN Insider subscription, go check it out. The The Saunders bit about pulling his chest, uh, yelling at Wiggins, and then the fact that Golden State opened with their ask of four picks and the Wolves said, we don't want to give you any picks. And then they landed on a top six protected first and a good second rounder. That's also interesting, that back and forth, that negotiation. So go check that out when you get a chance over at ESPN. Uh, I want to talk NBA draft now. There's a handful of additional workouts that have been reported. I want to talk a little bit about my plan moving forward to cover the draft and players and uh, positions the Wolves may be tar- targeting uh, at number 19. First, let's talk about our friends over at Sakara Nutrition. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life, starting with what you eat. With Sakara, you get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful, plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. Sakara's functional, plant-rich wellness essentials help you create a body you love living in. From their best-selling metabolism super powder to the foundation, their daily supplement packs, Sakara's products are designed to support your wellness goals anytime, anywhere. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash lockdown20 or enter the code lockdown20 at checkout. That's right, Sakara. S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash lockdown twenty to get twenty percent off your order. Sakara.com slash lockdown twenty. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. It is genuinely appreciated. I also have an important favor to ask of you, the listener. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you think about it and what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcast. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. Plus, everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey. Thank you in advance for your help. All right, let's talk a little NBA draft. So my plan moving forward with the draft is uh, I've covered a few one-off prospects, probably five to seven. We're going to talk about two to three more today. Just kind of high level, like, hey, here's who this guy is. Here's why he could fit the Wolves and where he would fit in the Wolves rotation, I also spent uh, roughly a, a full show talking about the Timberwolves' needs and what they might look for in the draft. We'll touch on that a little bit again today in the context of these players I want I want to talk about. But moving forward, I am working through a deeper dive in each of the prospects, and I want to do a full big board. And I said this the other day: I'm not going to focus a ton on like the top, you know, five to seven guys necessarily. Like I'll tell you who I would pick at one. I'll tell you who I'd pick at two, sort of a thing. Uh, but it's going to be a big board from a Wolves perspective. So. Every one of the picks would be not necessarily who I think is the best draft prospect, but if I was the Timberwolves drafting at one, would I take Chet Holmgren or, you know, would, would I not? You know, where would, where would I go at two? Where would I go at three? All the way down the board. Um, if I were the Timberwolves drafting at each of these positions. Um, and then we'll talk, obviously, specifically in the, in the teens, I'll spend some more time on some of those prospects from a Timberwolves perspective because they do have the number 19 pick in the draft. Um, but Still looking a little bit high level now. I know we're just a couple of weeks out from the draft, uh, but I want to make sure that I'm, I I dove all the way in on each of these guys and done you know looked at enough film and read enough additional scouting reports to to speak to where I would rank these guys on a Timberwolves draft board. So, uh, with that said, I want to talk about Darren Wolfson. Of course, Doogie uh, over at KSTP and, and Score North in the Twin Cities does a great job reporting on. Players that the Timberwolves have draft workouts for. And there's been a ton of, you know, obviously, most of these workouts are undrafted, likely undrafted, second round type guys who could be summer league options or two way contract options. So there's a bunch of those, you know, some are more notable than others. There's some, like, for instance, uh, Peyton Willis, who played a couple of stints with the Minnesota Golden Gophers, uh, Brad Davidson with Wisconsin, a lot of people know who he is, uh, you know, some guys from Gonzaga, some programs that you'd recognize the names. Um, but then they've also started to work out players who are projected to go somewhere in the first round. Um, and I think this is interesting because depending on where you look, depending on whose big board or whose mock draft you look at, some of these players could go as high as 10. Some could fall into the early second round. Um, one I talked about on yesterday's show, on Tuesday's show, that's EJ Liddell from Ohio State, who I really like as a Timberwolves a fit for the Wolves. You can go back and listen to uh, to that segment on Tuesday's show, but I think he would be a phenomenal fit with Minnesota. I think uh, there's a lot of of upside to what he could do. I think there's something of a cross between. This is a best case scenario, obviously, somewhere across between a Draymond Green and a you know defensively and a Paul Millsap offensively it, with EJ Liddell. Uh, I think he he would be a, a good frankly, a two-way player for Minnesota if he's there. And again, it depends on which big board you look at, he'd be there at 19 or he'd be gone somewhere in the mid-teens. So who knows? A couple more players the Wolves have recently worked out that would fall into that same category as, you know, they could go anywhere. Um, In terms of bigs and wings, you'd look at Nikola Jovic, who's interesting. I talked about him a little bit a couple weeks ago. Um, He's essentially a 6'10 wing. Um, There's a lot of, it's, it's, sounds really stereotypical to compare him to another European player but there's a lot of Danilo Gallinari to his game uh, frankly he reminds me a lot of watching again this feels this feels like a really lazy comparison but it's not if you watch the film if you read what Scouts are saying about him he looks a lot like the magna as well where he's slender he's much more of a creator um, he's six foot ten uh, but but again plays like a guard um, and and doesn't really He's not Nikola Jokic, to be cl- to be clear. Although the name is the same, minus just one letter being flipped, he's not nearly what Jokic is. The only similarity would really be the passing ability, uh, but but Jovich is more of a of a guard in a a big's body, um, and. But the handle's fantastic. The playmaking ability is—I truly think it's NBA level. The problem is that he's not efficient offensively, and he's not a good defender. I, I think he could be a good defender. Um, like for instance, well, well, I think he could be a good defender. I think the size, the the wingspan, uh, basically being six ten with with a strong wingspan, and also the the uh, playing professionally at the age—he's only nineteen years old—and. Um, playing professionally as many of the players have when they come over from Europe. For the length of time that he has, I feel like the basketball IQ is very good. If he can adjust to the NBA game, he'd be good defensively. Um, I can, I have concerns with only shooting 34% on threes and in less than a hundred attempts, 97 attempts last season. Um, and he doesn't like he doesn't play hard defensively uh, is is one of the knocks on him, um, which is a concern when he's already doesn't quite have the body type. He's going to have to withstand NBA rigors, get used to defending NBA guards and wings. Um, so I worry a little bit about Yovich. I I don't love him as a prospect for the Wolves. I think there's too much. Um, he's too raw to for a team that won forty six games. And and I know that the Wolves aren't like in the finals, but you still want somebody who's plug and play at nineteen. If you're a team that, that's going to go back to the playoffs next year, and the Wolves obviously are, are planning to do that. So I don't love Jovich as a fit. I understand why he's a good prospect, but he's going to be a little lower on my big board when that full board comes out here soon. Another player to touch on briefly that falls into the same position category. I talked about Liddell, who I who I would say, you know, they're they're different, but similar in that they're somewhere between a three and a four with the ability to play the two and the five. In Jovich's case, the two, Liddell, in Liddell's case, the small ball five, they're not like position specific guys. Like for instance, I'm going to talk about a a point guard here in in just a minute. And he's a point guard. Like he's not going to play another position. There's obviously fives that only play the five. And there's two guards that really can't do much besides play the two or maybe be a combo guard. But Liddell is essentially a wing that would be a four that can play the three and can play the five. Uh, Jovic is basically a three that could play the two or the four. Um, So I I love. these guys in the same category. Another guy I'd put in that category is Tari Eason. Um, Tari Eason is, uh, out of LSU. He is actually another guy that would be kind of a perfect fit for Minnesota. And you'll see him mocked as early as like 11 or 12, or as late as like the late twenties. It's really kind of crazy. Uh, there's a lot of Jeremy Grant similarities. If in terms of being like a, uh, a, a two way stretch four type guy, he's six foot seven. Um, he's got a good wingspan and, um, can play, is, is really a strong defender, which I think is the biggest thing. And he's got ability on the perimeter. He didn't shoot a ton of threes, so it's relatively low volume, but 37%, um, and he was 79% at the free throw line, improved dramatically uh, his shooting numbers over his over the course of his college career. He played uh, two years. So he played at Cincinnati, and then he played his second year at LSU, improved his shooting percentages dramatically. So there's some some reason to to wonder if those are Permanent improvements or if it was something more temporary, um, I think usually shooting improvements are less of a, you know, it's it's less of an outlier. I, I think there's something legitimate there, but he plays hard. He's a very good defender, both on and off the ball. Um, and he's got good touch in terms of being a scorer. Uh, he's not a playmaker at all, but the Wolves don't need a playmaker. Again, we talked about this the other day when it comes to Liddell. They need somebody who can be a low-usage catch-and-shoot guy, that can be a good cutter, that can make the right pass when it's asked of them, and be a strong defender, a strong team defender. You slot in a long, athletic uh, defender who plays hard between Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, you're kind of describing Jaden McDaniels, but hopefully with a little bit more touch offensively um, and a little bit more of an NBA-ready body in the case of e- of uh, Eason, at least. Um, certainly not in the case of Jovich, but in the case of Eason. So, I really like Tar Tari as a as a possibility at 19. I'm skeptical he's there. I, I should note also that Darren Wolfson when he tweeted out the Wolves were working out Jovic, um said that he is, uh, Wolfson's exact words were not sure he gets to 19 speaking of Jovic. Um I think Jovic is more likely to be on the board at 19 than Eason. I think Eason's a better prospect. I think there's uh, he's more NBA ready and I think some of the teams ahead of the Wolves will uh you know like a Charlotte or somebody like that who Who fancies themselves a playoff team pretty immediately? Maybe even like a. I mean, I know the Knicks have Obi Toppin, but maybe it's the Knicks at 11. That's maybe a little early, but there's some teams that I think Eason could plug and play for. I would love it if he's on the board at 19. I think he's a fantastic fit. I think he's a more NBA ready version of Jaden McDaniels. Um, And, uh, you know, there's maybe some defense. But I think sitting here right now as a prospect, he, he looks like he would be a better defender from day one than anyone thought Jaden McDaniels would be. And obviously McDaniels surprised and he's very good defensively, but adding Tari Eason to the Wolves' wing and big rotation would be phenomenal. Um, And I really like him as a prospect. Okay, a couple more guys to talk about here as we close the show out today. First, let's talk about our friends over at Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including the NBA Finals matchup, the uh, NHL Conference Finals, MLB, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC, all the way to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport waging information, including live betting, esports, and more. Live betting is the way to go when it comes to NBA Finals. That's what I, w- I would be all about here for the Finals. Uh, it's a ton of fun to try and guess the momentum swings and, and bet along with live betting at BetOnline.net. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's close the show today by talking about a couple more draft prospects uh, in terms of. And this is, again, players now who the Wolves have worked out reportedly. I think I think pretty much all Darren Wolfson reported these. Um we talked about Liddell. We talked about Yovich. We talked about Tari Eason. A couple of guards. I, I think I briefly discussed Jaden Hardy a couple of weeks ago. He's the guard from the G League Ignite that you can see drafted anywhere from the mid-teens to the late first round. Um, I, he's another player. I don't love him as a prospect, to be completely transparent. I think he reminds me a little bit too much of just uh, insert, you know, athletic, low efficiency, high usage guards here. And that's what he reminds me of. He shot 27% on threes last year. Um, he's got a great handle. He's uh, slippery. He can run the pick and roll. He looks good shooting the ball. I mean, the, 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 uh, the, the form and the mechanics look pretty good. Um, I, you know, you'd like him to, to be more efficient, obviously. I mean, he was, he was about 36% on catch and shoot threes. Um, and That that suggests that that coupled with his form and overall touch um, suggests that he could be a better shooter. But the question is, can he be a better decision maker? He's not ultra athletic and his decision making was not good in the G League. Um, it's, It's great that he can handle the ball well. It's great that he looks good in terms of catch and shoot. And I think he could be a good pick and roll ball handler. And the size is pretty good. I mean, he's he's 6'4". He's still not quite 20 years old. He's going to be soon. So if you believe he can develop a jumper and continue... He competed defensively, which if we're going to put low usage... Or excuse me, high usage, low efficiency shooters in a box, oftentimes they're not great defenders or they're a little bit smaller. The size is intriguing at 6'4". And he plays hard defensively, which are all positives. Um, but I'd worry about him as, as decision-making outside of the pick and roll. And the Wolves don't run just pick and roll on pick and roll and pick and roll like they did under Ryan Saunders. It's not what they do under Chris Finch. Um, and I don't know that he's, I don't think he's a lead guard. I don't think he's a one. You've got Anthony Edwards at the two, obviously. Um, you've got D'Lo who can play off the ball. Patrick Beverly plays off the ball a bunch. You've got a bunch of options there. You go big, you play Jaden McDaniels at the three, you know, and and Edwards at the two. There's too many possibilities that don't put Hardy in a success, su- position to succeed excuse me. And, and I just, I don't love him as a prospect and I don't love the fit with Minnesota. Um, that's another player that I would at number 19, if he's there, I, I think you're looking for more of a sure thing than, a. I I would actually put him in a similar category as Jovic in terms of, of guys who have a really a sky high ceiling. And you can make the argument that like, Hey, these guys are lottery talents. Um, but if you're a, a playoff team that's looking to get back to the playoffs immediately, you're not going to plug and play a guy like this to your team. So I would stay away from Jaden Hardy at 19 as well. The last player I want to talk about that the Wolves have worked out, according to Darren Wolfson, is Kennedy Chandler, who is a, a point guard. Um, he, he's a, a straight up guard. And of course, the Wolves, I mean, depending on what you think about D'Angelo Russell or, or if they decide to trade D'Angelo Russell, um, then uh, they could be in the market for a point guard um and, and i think that that uh kennedy chandler actually isn't a bad player to target if you're minnesota um i lost my my uh summary here but basically kennedy chandler is uh here we go um uh, i <laughs> I like undersized is the issue, right? He's only six feet. And I mentioned earlier, I I was going to talk about a player who is a point guard. That's Kennedy Chandler. Um, He is, he is your prototypical, like think of recent draft prospects, like a Tyrese Maxey, like an undersized quick, obviously Maxey. I didn't love Maxey as a prospect either. And he has been great for Philadelphia. Um, But Kennedy Chandler does a lot of the same stuff in terms of ball handling. um, But he, he can also shoot off the, I should say same stuff as, as a Hardy does, But he's a much better shooter off the dribble, and he's much better in terms of overall decision-making. And the other thing is he can also play off the ball. Now, he's only six feet tall, so you see him as a point guard and you expect him to be a point guard, but he also has the ability to, to do other things um he can he can cut he's a good slasher think of like uh in some ways and i think he's he's got more overall upside certainly than jordan mclaughlin but there's similarities to mclaughlin in terms of size basketball iq some of the off-ball stuff he can do mclaughlin can play off the ball simply because he's intelligent and knows how to cut um and and remember the delo mclaughlin uh you know synergy that they had with the backdoor cuts or i should say the no look passes on on the basket cuts um so Chandler, you know, he's around six feet tall, so obviously he's undersized. He's been a little bit um, inconsistent with shooting. But I, but I, again, 37% from three last year in his freshman year at Tennessee. Um, the only real concern there is defense, and perhaps the thought process is, hey, if we don't trade D'Lo, he's our third guard, um, you know, uh, I guess you've still got Jordan McLaughlin, but Beverly can help help him defensively, help him learn how to defend as a smaller guard. Um, or perhaps you think if we're trading D'Angelo Russell, then we'll use Beverly and McLaughlin as our primary guards and Chandler's our backup. Uh, I, that would be kind of gutsy going into the season as a, as a team that has designs on a four, five, six pick in the West, um, to say like, Hey, our, our three guards are Jordan McLaughlin, Pat, you know, Patrick Beverly with one year left on his deal. And, and at age 33 and Kennedy Chandler, um, a, a rookie 19 pick, I, I don't think that's a likely possibility, um, but it is possible that that happens. I think Chandler could be an option at 19. I would likely take him ahead of, sitting here right now, ahead of Hardy and Jovic. I just like him more as a prospect, and I like the fit more with Minnesota than either of those guys, um, in ter- certainly than Hardy in terms of roster fit. So Chandler's an interesting one, um, and and again, somebody who could be there at 19, I think likely will be there at 19, but could go in the mid-lottery. We just We just don't know. We're kind of in this in this zone now of no man's land of some of these guys where you could you could argue for them as like the 12th or 13th pick or you could argue that they should be somewhere in the 20s um so we'll obviously continue to break these down and again the big board's going to be off the ground here shortly so stay tuned for that as we start to get a little bit more in the weeds on some of these prospects and their exact fits with minnesota as we draw closer to the draft all right that's all we have for you today here on the show thanks again for uh, for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast. And thanks again for making us your first listen every day. Of course, you can watch on YouTube. You can listen on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Odyssey. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Reminder, you can make your second listen. The Lockdown NBA Big Board Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter. is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Doolin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.